All right, that's better. Hello and welcome to episode 272 of the Blake and Sal Show. I'm Blake. Um, the biggest thing about podcasting, Sal and the man, the myth, the legend, Mark, are off this week recouping from John Moxley week. But before we get into my special guest, let me get through the plugs. First of all, as always, now, tomorrow, Mark will be attending Crusher Fest on um, 1101 Milwaukee Avenue in South Milwaukee. See the statue for Crusher get risen up. And um, it's going to be a big party, and Mark will be there recording audio, talking to people. So look for that audio next week. Um, of course, the Wisconsin Comic Convention at the Wisconsin Center at 400 West Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee. Of course, you're hearing Panic at the Discount. Hey, look, Mommy made it. Um, here is the official schedule. It has changed since we last talked. So here we go. On Friday... June 28th, you will hear Clerks Minute Beyond, the series finale at 2.30. Like Father Like Son at 5.30, and Born Retrocast Season 2 finale at 7 p.m. All those will be in Room 103E. On Saturday night, on June 29th, at 7 p.m., will be the Blake and South Show Live with special guest Zach Haydorn from the PW Torch. Again, in room 103E. All that information is up on our social media account that literally dropped right after we were done recording last week. So we couldn't talk about it on the air. So, like I said, all shows in the same room. Most of them are on Friday with the Blake Social Live. will obviously be on Saturday night after I've conned all day. I admit I'll probably be a little tired because Saturday is our big con day. So that all being said, let's get to my special guest. On the other side of the music, you will hear from Matt Caminetti from Broadway World. And we're going to be talking about this year's Tony Awards. I don't want to start a riot. I don't want to blaze a trail. I don't want to be a symbol or cautionary tale. I don't want to be a scapegoat for people to oppose. What I want is simple as far as wanting goes. I just wanna dance with you. Let the whole world melt away and dance with you. What other people say And when we're through No one can convince us We were wrong All it takes is you and me And a song I don't need a Alright, and now to talk about the 73rd annual Tony Awards It feels like a tradition This is three years going from Broadway World, Matt Temenetti. Matt, how you doing? I'm good, Blake. How are you? Nice to be back. No problem. It's nice to have a tradition on the schedule. It's like, ooh, yeah. it's Tony season. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's it's always Tony season for me, but uh, it's nice to be able to share that with uh, folks who talk about other things during the rest of the calendar year. Yes, this is the... It's funny because um, a lot of people are probably wondering, why are you covering the Tonys or the WWE show this weekend? I'm like, um... Because I don't want to talk about that WWE show this weekend. It, 
it's in Saudi Arabia. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. Well, I see now. I, I've I've been very intrigued by this. What is it? All Elite Wrestling. Like, I've been intrigued with this new promotion that's uh, that's starting up. I didn't watch the pay per view a couple weeks ago, but I saw some highlights, and I'm I'm very interested in the model that they have going on over there. Yes, I did. We did watch that pay per view, and as a matter of fact, I just moved that pay per view to DVD so that I can keep it because very I have good. a feeling it's going to be this company is going to be around for a long time. Yeah, they got they got some some big bucks behind it, so uh, it, it definitely has some traction. Yes, and I'm I'm definitely trust me, I've been on board since last year when this started becoming a rumor. So that's awesome. It's been fun. But what sucks in Broadway? This has been an interesting year. Yes, <laughs> to say the yes, least. It has. yes, to say the least. And it's funny because we're going to be talking about this throughout the whole time. I feel like the debate right now is Hades Town versus the Prom. <laughs> Um, yeah, it depends on the category and depends on, um, it depends. I think a lot of people, if you're looking at like the big award, the the best musical, the prom is kind of like the, the, the dark horse coming up through the pack. A lot of people thought that it would be a, a fight between Hades town and Tootsie. And while Tootsie still has its, its fans, um, a lot of folks are kind of, uh, starting to think that perhaps, uh, the prom might be a potential upset if there is an upset we'll get to whether or not i think there's an exactly. upset uh later on yeah we'll get there but we'll start from the bottom here we'll start with direction and we were talking right before we came on that some of these names this year are like wow <laughs> but what yeah what let's see if i can do my best <laughs> okay go for it um we'll start with Beck's direction of a play it is um robert ghoul for ink um star mendes for the ferryman barla sheer for to kill a mockingbird um Let's see, Evo Van Hove, did I say that right? Uh, Evo Van Hova, yeah. Oh, close enough. It's for Network and George G. Wolf for Gary Secrets, Titus Andralinus, which yes. is with these long names again this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, that's an interesting show. Titus Andronicus is a is one of Shakespeare's bloodiest plays, if not his bloodiest play, also one of his worst. Um, but this is a comedy based off of what happens following that play. So um, it's a very interesting avant-garde show that was written by a downtown playwright, uh, like an off-Broadway experimental playwright named Taylor Mack. Um, so it is definitely, it lives up to the bizarre nature of the name Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus. But um, this is an interesting one. There's there's some pretty big heavy hitters. All four of these gentlemen in this category are are pretty big on both the Broadway and the London scene. Uh, Rupert Gould for, for Inc. Um, is, is one of the biggest British playwrights. Sam Mendez obviously is a, a playwright or is a, uh, is a director on both sides of the Atlantic. Bartlett Shearer is generally a musical director, but does the big classic revivals. Um, but he's doing it to kill a mockingbird. Ivo Van Hova is uh, from Amsterdam, but he is becoming one of the most, um, sought after playwrights both uh, in Europe and in New York and George C. Wolf is an icon in the New York theater com theater community the thing with this one is is despite the names um, this one really is a runaway um, more than likely for Sam Mendez for the ferryman which is this big sprawling play about a family in uh, Ireland uh, back during uh, what's called the Troubles which is the time when there was a lot of pro protests and riots and killing and hunger strikes going on um, as they tried to determine whether they were going to separate from England and all those things so it's a, a phenomenal play and uh, Sam Mendes is probably going to be the one to take it here 
It's Ferryman going to be kind of like um, last year. We were talking about the band visit winning everything. Is Ferryman going to be like that for the play side this year? Um, Not necessarily, um, okay. because the difference with that is that the band's visit um, won in a bunch of the acting categories. I don't necessarily see the Ferryman any, winning any of the performance categories, mainly because, not in all cases, but in two of the three cases where it has a, an actor or an actress nominated for their performances, they've already left the show. This okay. is a is an almost a completely British cast that came over with it after they'd done it in, in England, in London. Um, and in about March, they replaced many of those actors, not all of them, um, with an American cast for visa reasons, and they've been doing the show you know, for two years in different productions. Um, so that hampers it. But I, I don't think any of the, the the performers will win. But in terms of the production type stuff, The Ferryman is definitely one of the favorites in most of the categories. Fair enough. Um, best Direction in Musical. We have um, Rachel um, Rachel Cacklin with Hades Town, Scott Ellis with Tootsie, Daniel Fish with Oklahoma, um, Death McCaff with Ain't Too Proud, and Casey... Um, Nicola with the prom, and I, I, what's funny, every time I see Oklahoma, I hear you guys saying sexy Oklahoma, and then I saw <laughs> that performance, I I, was, I forgot what talk show it was on, I'm like, I see it now, I see what yeah. you guys well, are talking about. The, yeah, this, this production of Oklahoma is, it markets itself as not your grandma's Oklahoma, and this is one that's been kicking around since 2015, um, up at Bard College, and I think in upstate New York, um, they did a pre- production of it then it was in it was in brooklyn last year not technically off broadway but close enough uh, at saint anne's warehouse uh and it transferred to broadway and it is very different it is a i mean this is someone oklahoma is one of my top three or four favorite shows and there was so much about this production that i loved there were parts of this show that i didn't understand and there were parts of this show that made me violently angry because of how much i love oklahoma but the the sexual tension between the characters is definitely different and definitely heightened in a lot of cases. And while you're talking about uh, Can't Say No, which Ali Stroker has done on a number of, of talk shows, but there's a music video that they released just this week um, that's between Rebecca Naomi Jones and Damon Dono, who play Laurie and Curly. And it's basically just them singing um, uh, People Will Say We're In Love. And it is definitely hyping up the the sexual chemistry far normally than what you would see in that that song but uh so the the hashtag sexy oklahoma moniker definitely fits with this production um and it really this category comes down probably between daniel fish from oklahoma and rachel chavkin from hadestown the the thing with oklahoma is is that like me a lot of people hated parts of this show so if it was just neck and neck and and you are starting from zero that probably loses Oklahoma some support from maybe some people who have a a, a specific connection to Oklahoma or are maybe more old school and traditional um, in their preferences, which I'm generally not, but um, I didn't love all the choices. So I, I think this one is fairly safely in Rachel Chavkin's category. Um, One, because Hades Town is a phenomenal show. The staging is unbelievably 
smart and specific and nuanced. But also, a couple years ago, a lot of people expected Rachel Chabkin to win for Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812, and she uh, she didn't. She lost to Christopher Ashley for Come From Away in what a lot of people assume was a split vote um, between her and somebody else, al- allowing that dark horse third candidate to sneak up in between. So um, I would be I would be a bit surprised if Rachel Chavkin didn't win for Hades Town this year. Fair enough, fair enough. I I know the, the the I know every conversation comes down to Hades Town. It really does. Best, yeah, it's a great great show. Best book of a musical we have. Um, Dominic Marseille from Eight Too Proud. We have Scott, Scott Brown and Anthony King for Beetlejuice, which people will say Beetlejuice the musical. Well, I'll ask about that in a second. Um, Ellis Mitchell for Hades Town. Um, Chad Bolton and Bob Martin for The Prom and Robert Horn for Tootsie. <coughs> I say Beetlejuice the musical and I hear you guys talk about it and I'm like, well, how do I explain this to people? <laughs> Matt, you there? Sorry, I was on mute. I thought I uh, had unmuted. I apologize. It's all good. Um, yeah, this is uh, this is an idea that only works if you have the right people involved. And I've not seen this one yet. I'm seeing it uh, next week, actually. But um, it, it seems that this is a fairly divisive one because some people think it's one of the worst things to ever appear on Broadway. But a lot of people really enjoy it. A lot of theater people that I know have surprisingly been really excited by it and really, really um, pleasantly surprised by how good it is. Um, That being said, the book's not going to win here. Um, Dominique Moriso, who I just interviewed on a special Tony episode last weekend, um, she's not going to win. Chad Begelin and Bob Martin, who wrote a very, very funny book for the prom, probably aren't going to win. They they have maybe a 10% chance. Um, it, this one really comes down to Hades Town with Anais Mitchell, who also wrote the score, which we'll talk about in a second, and Robert Horn, who adapted the screenplay uh, for Tootsie. Tootsie bears very little resemblance to the movie version, unlike things like Pretty Woman, which came to Broadway this year, and you will notice has no nominations. That uh-huh. was pretty much a direct transfer. Mean Girls, even though Tina Fey rewrote her screenplay for the stage last year, and that was a much better adaptation, it still was, in many cases, the screenplay brought to stage. Tootsie is not that. They've comp- they've updated it. They've changed the, um, the setting from a soap opera to a musical, and uh, they've changed the characters quite a bit. I-, I think the momentum seems to be in Robert Horn's favor here for Tootsie. It is a very funny book. It is a very funny show, Similar to Oklahoma in a certain respect, there are a number of very outspoken detractors for Tootsie that despite its best efforts, there are a lot of people who see the gender politics in this show as being very problematic, both towards its representation of women in the workplace and some insensitivity towards uh, trans people and how they deal with the comedy of a man in a dress. So there are some people in the community, um, I don't know how many, but there are some fairly vocal people that don't love what they've done with this show just on face value. So that could come into it if that voice is larger than I anticipated being. Maybe an A.S. Mitchell wins, but I think otherwise Robert Horn for Tootsie is probably going to take the book, uh, the Tony Award for the best book. Fair enough. And you mentioned the score, and that would be um, Joey Connors for Me or Chill, 
Eddie Popper for Beetlejuice, um, Elias Mitchell for Hades Town, Halberdin, Matt and Skull for The Prom, um, Adam Griffith for Kill Kill Mockingbird, and and David Yakax for Tootsie. This is Be More Chill's only nomination, which kind of surprises me. I'm not gonna lie. Um, this is one of those shows that had a huge teen online following, but does not have a very uh, does not have a very good following when it comes to people over the age of about 20. And if you know anything about the Broadway theater goers and reviewers, there's not a lot of people buying full price tickets for Broadway shows that are over the age of 20. And there aren't any professional full-time critics uh, that age either. So uh, Be More Chill has had a rough road on Broadway after completely selling out its off-Broadway run. So um, a a bit lumpy for them there. So unfortunately, as great as Joe Iconis is, um, he is uh, not going to win this one. Eddie Perfect for Beetlejuice is not going to win this one. Chad Begelin and Matthew Sklar for The Prom are not going to win that. Adam Gettle's really interesting because he wrote the music for To Kill a Mockingbird, which is a play. Um, it's not a musical, so it's it's like underscoring um, or the soundtrack you would hear in a film. Um, he's not going to win either. David Yazbek, who won in this category last year for The Band's Visit, is a very different score for Tootsie than it was for The Band's Visit. This score... Hughes much closer to his previous works, also uh, film adaptations in The Full Monty and Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Um, you can say that's either good or bad, depending on how you view that. But uh, I, I would be very surprised if Tony or if David Yazbek won this two years in a row. The score for Hades Town is beautiful and it's haunting. It's this this merger of two Greek myths, but it's kind of set in a new orleans jazz hall and it's got this very rich very ethereal quality to the music um very folky kind of sound so anais mitchell should be picking up her first maybe second tony uh with the uh the original score here fair enough i, I i'm trying to figure out what's going on with that soundtrack because i've been actually like looking up dates and i heard you guys talking about it coming out in four parts like i don't understand this yeah, so basically what they said was they were originally going to release the cast album on Friday, June 7th. But because Hades Town is a two-plus-hour, almost completely sung-through musical, it seems like it's taking them a little longer to get it out. So what they're doing is they're releasing 13 tracks, which is what a normal cast album would be, because that's how many songs are right. generally in a cast album. So they're going to release those on Friday as planned, and then they're going to release the rest of the music um, in in batches. They're calling them character batches, where two of the characters' songs will be released together on one day later in June, and then two weeks later, some other characters, and then two weeks later um, on July 26th will be the last one. So it's, it's unusual, and I, I have a feeling this is not how they wanted to roll this out. Um, but we are getting two plus hours of, of Hades town music. So if that means we got to wait an extra month and a half, that's, that's fine. You know, kind of like you recording the pay-per-view for future usage, you know, at some point you're going to have it all. So that's fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it's just weird to me. Like I know like soundtracks, like I'll just throw out Hamilton, that the two and a half hour musical, but they were able to put it out at once. That's why I find it weird. That's all. Yeah. Well, the difference with that is, is that Hamilton, opened in uh the summer and so it didn't have the time constraints generally shows that open in the spring especially you know the musicals that open late in the spring up against the tony eligibility deadline they want to get their cast albums out right around the the tony deadline so it's as a reminder to voters to vote for them hamilton had 
you know, nine months, you know, to do that when they actually did take a while to release it actually much longer than Hades town. So it's just all about timing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, let's get to the acting side of things. We have, um, featured actor in a play, best performance. We have, um, pretty well, Inc. Robert Enides from the band, the boys in the band, um, Gideon Glick from To Kill a Mockingbird, Brandon Huradovich from Burn This. I know, I know that name. Benjamin <laughs> Walker from All My Sons. Uh, well, what is Brandon Huradovich doing in a play? Like, it's just surprising. Uh, he, he's, he is a, a guy who's known for musicals, but he is, um, uh, he's, he's a great actor. I mean, this is his third Tony nomination. I think he's just in his early 30s. Um, he's great in Burn This. I didn't love the show. But, but he's really fantastic. And this is probably one of the most wide open acting categories, um, along with maybe uh, lead actress. or um, uh, no, I, no, I'll just say, I think this is probably the most wide open category. I could see maybe four of these five winning. I don't think that Gideon Glick um, will, will win for To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, but he's a beloved figure in the community, so that's great. But Bertie Carvel plays... Um, Rupert Murdoch in Inc., um, which brings with it its own uh, kind of issues for a lot of Tony voters. But he also played Mrs. Trunchbull in the Matilda musical, and he is unrecognizable in this part. So I think that he's got a legitimate shot. Robin DeJesus for The Boys in the Band, the problem with that show is that it opened over a year ago, and it only ran during the summer, and it's been a long time. So it, it And it's tough for people... To, it's it's tough to judge how shows that have been closed for so long will be remembered. So while Robin Jesus' performance was fantastic and the boys in the band, they're actually doing a Netflix movie of this show with the entire Broadway cast, which include um, Matt Bomer and Jim Parsons and um, a bunch of other uh, great Broadway uh, names. Um, I, I don't think that that's going to get there. Brandon Uranowitz is a side comic relief character in Burn This. Um my gut says Brandon Uranowitz is could win. Benjamin Walker and All My Sons is another one that could win. It, I think it'll come down to Uranowitz and Walker. Um, if I have to pick one, I'll go with uh, I'll go with I'll go with Uranowitz. But I would not be surprised if any of the four of Carvel to Jesus, Uranowitz, or Walker wins. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, it's just a, I just didn't expect to see. And you said various nominations. It's just Brandon Renowitz. I didn't know. I know him, so it's, it's cool. Um, best performance by a featured actress in a play, and this is where I'm going to need the help with our first name here. <laughs> okay, let's see. We've got uh, Fianola Flanagan for oh, uh, the Ferryman. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, Sylvia Keenan from Keenan Bolger from To Kill a Mockingbird. Christine Nielsen from Gary's sequel. I want to say, Christine Nielsen. And Julie White from Gary's sequel to Titus Andronicus, so I don't have to say it twice, and Ruth Wilson from King Lear. Yeah, this is uh, an interesting category for a lot of reasons, um, but it comes down to this is more than likely going to be Celia Keenan Bolger's first Tony win. She's been nominated four times, and back in 2014, she was nominated for not the, the most recent Broadway revival because there's actually been one since, but in 2014, she was nominated for the Broadway revival of the glass menagerie and everybody assumed she was going to win. She did not win. Um, that ended up going, uh, to Sophie Okanedo. And, um, I think that actually really bothered her. She's talked openly this year about 
while she understands that, you know, she actually sees it as kind of ugly, even though she knows there's nothing wrong with it. Like she feels weird saying that she wants the recognition. Like she says, I'm human. I, 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 you know, I like people to tell me I've done a good job. Like that's good. So, um, I, I think that she'll end up winning this year. She's a beloved figure in the community. This is her fourth Tony nomination. Um, she's been nominated, um, you know, fairly regularly every time she's been on Broadway. So uh, I would be surprised if she doesn't win. I, I think she is the odds on favorite in this category this year. And fun fact, every time I get a text message, Celia Keenan Bolger says, hi, Matt Tamanini. And that's my text message ringtone. So I'm always pulling for her. That's awesome. I like that. That's pretty yeah. cool. All right, let's jump over to the musical side for feature actor in a musical and Andre Andre the Shields from Hades Town. Yeah, good luck with this next one. I <laughs> what is this one? This is uh, Andy Gradolution from uh, Tootsie. Wow. Um, Patrick Page from Hades Town, Jerry Pope from A2 Proud, and even Skies from A2 Proud. And I always find it interesting when the same show is nominated twice in the same category, but this is two shows nominated twice in the same category. Yeah, and it happens um, not often, but fairly regularly in the featured performance categories because obviously it doesn't happen too often in the lead categories when you have two shows nominated twice because it's rare that you have shows with multiple leads of the same you know, actor or actor's gender. Um, but it happens fairly regularly in the um, in the featured categories. And what's interesting is is that there's this wisdom or this line of thought that says that when you have multiple people nominated in a category, that um, that splits a vote. So perhaps maybe the person who was not part of those shows comes up and wins because the vote has been fractured. What's funny about it about it is in like the six times that it's happened in the past decade in the featured categories someone from those shows that have multiple nominees has always won so um i, I would imagine that um as funny as andy gratolution is as playing michael dorsey's roommate in tootsie he's not going to win i don't think jeremy pope who actually is a two-time nominee this year um, he'll, we'll talk about him in the best lead actor in a play category he's probably not going to win this one um ephraim sykes I guess could win if the Hades town vote is really split. He would be the one to, to come up and win, I think, but it probably comes down to the two gentlemen from Hades town, Andre DeShields, who is a 73 year old Broadway legend. He was the original whiz in the whiz. Wow. Um, he's uh, kind of an icon in the community. Patrick page, Another person who is a much loved figure in the community. He's been around for a long, long time. Um, and and everybody loves him. At the beginning of the season, I thought Patrick Page was going to take home this award hands down. But as the momentum is gone and as the season has gone on, as the other precursor awards have gone on, it looks like Andre DeShields has all of the momentum. And this would be his first Tony Award with three nominations. Um, uh, he plays Hermes, the messenger god who is kind of the narrator of Hades Town, while Patrick Page plays Hades, uh, the, the king of the underworld. So... Um, I, I think that Andre DeShields is most likely the favorite in this category at this time. Fair enough. It's just, uh, it, like you said, though, it does happen more often in the featured, but I just yeah. looked up ahead to leading actress, and we'll get there, but it has happened there, too, this year. Yeah. So, All right, best performance by a featured 
featured actress in a musical. Lily Cooper, Tootsie, Amber Gray, Hadestown, Sarah Stiles, Tootsie, Alex Stoker, Oklahoma, Mary Tessa, Oklahoma. Yeah, we got it here again. again. Uh, the Tootsies and the Oklahomas here. Um, uh, this is this is kind of like going to disprove the, the thing I just said last time, but I think that we do, very well could have Amber Gray, who is the lone nominee from Hadestown in this category. Um, she is a legitimate contender for this. Uh, Al is Ali, as is Ali Stroker from Oklahoma, who plays Ado Annie. Amber Gray plays Persephone, the queen of the underworld. Um, and she is phenomenal and weird and unique. And it's just a really, really cool performance. Ali Stroker is playing a show that uh, is playing a role that we know very well. It's a it's a tried and true musical comedy scene stealing role. Um, but what's interesting about this is because Hades Town had an uh, an off Broadway run two years ago, Amber Gray and Patrick Page and other members of the team, depending on the awards governing body, have not been eligible for some of these awards because they were already eligible in previous years. So a lot of times when Amber Gray could have been in contention for Best Featured Actress in a Musical Awards, she hasn't been there, and Ali Stroker has pretty much taken a lot of those. So a lot of the, the conventional wisdom is that, well, Ali Stroker's on a roll, she's probably going to win, everybody loves her, which they do. Um, but I think that we're underselling the potential for Amber Gray who is giving, in my opinion, one of the weirdest, coolest performances you're ever going to see on Broadway. Um, so I, I think that Amber Gray is is going to win and be a mild upset just because we haven't been able to call her name out for these awards because she just hasn't been eligible for a lot of them leading up to, uh, to the Tonys this Sunday. Fair enough. All right, let's get over to Leeds and the best performance by a leading actor in a play. We have um, from the Ferryman, um, Patty Conson, um, Brian Cranston from Network, Jeff Daniels to Kill a Mockingbird, Adam Driver from Burn This, and Jeremy Pope from Choir Boy. A lot of very famous people in this category. Yes, yes there's a lot of big names in this. And even Patty Constantine, who is not a name that I knew before this show, um, is a pretty big name in, uh, in England and in TV and film over there. Uh, in the UK. Jeremy Pope, as I mentioned earlier, he has two nominations this year, one in a musical, one in a play. These are, this was his choir boy was his Broadway debut earlier in this season. He's an ain't too proud right now. Um, but this one is, is not as close as I think a lot of people think it might be. Um, Adam driver in burn this, um, is very powerful. I don't, I didn't really like his performance, um, it was a bit much. It was a bit over the top, but it has power with it, and he's a star, so that might get some some consideration there. This really comes down to Brian Cranston and Jeff Daniels, and um, a lot of people are saying Jeff Daniels has a shot. I don't see it. I, I think that Brian Cranston is probably uh, the favorite to win his second Tony Award here. He's playing uh, um, Howard Beale in in Network, which is not the uh, a strict adaptation or direct adaptation of the film but fairly close but he's playing it fairly differently it's a very technical performance there's a lot of tv cameras they actually do a scene out on the street live outside the theater with um uh, tony goldwin and tatiana maslani um kind of go outside every day and uh and, and do a scene from there as they kind of walk down the street um but i, I think brian cranston in this very tour de force energetic draining role is is probably going to win 
uh, to Tony here, but a lot of people think Jeff Daniels has a shot. I, I just don't think that that's actually going to be in the cards this time. Fair enough. Best performance by leading actors into play. We've been at betting all my sons. Laura Donnelly, Laura Donnelly from The Ferryman, Eileen May from The Waverly Gallery, Janet McNear from Bernhardt Hamlet, Laurie McClear from Hillary and Clinton, and Heidi Schreck from What the Constitution Means to Me, the first time we're kind of bringing up these two shows. Yeah, um, What the Constitution Means to Me is... Um is probably one of the breakout hits of this Broadway season. It started off Broadway in just a kind of a small theater. Um, it's a play written and mostly, but not completely, um, performed by Heidi Schreck. And it tells a story of her as a teenager. She used to travel around to VFW halls and compete in competitions about the Constitution to win money towards her college scholarship. But then goes on from there and there's a few other characters in there um as well but it's it it's come to broadway and been this huge massive um uh hit and a lot of the themes that the show touches on were very poignant when it first started playing off broadway and even on broadway but have become even more so um with news over the past few weeks so um it's definitely a a show that a lot of people love um but what's interesting about it is, is that Heidi Shrek is basically telling her own story. And there is certainly a ton of acting to that. It's not like she's just doing it off the cuff. There's lines and she's performing throughout it. But I think there are going to be a number of voters who look at that and kind of ding her for that because she's not taking on a different character. She might be taking on a different version of herself, but it is still herself. Uh, this category will almost certainly go to Lane who is making her Broadway return after 50 years. Um, she was one half of the iconic um, golden era comedy team of May and Nichols with the late Mike Nichols, who became one of the best directors on both stage and screen. She's gone on to be a screenwriter and a director um, with a lot of great shows, including she's one of the credited screenwriters on Tootsie, actually. Um, so uh, she gives this performance in the Waverly Gallery of a grandmother who is slowly falling into either Alzheimer's or dementia. It's never really specified, but it's such it was such a beautiful, nuanced, subtle performance. And this is someone who hasn't been on a stage in five decades um, and really hasn't performed a ton either over that time. Um, but it was remarkable. It was wonderful. And uh, I would be surprised if not only for this performance, but for her status as an icon in the entertainment industry that Elaine May didn't win this Tony. That makes sense. That does make sense. I did. That's a, that's a long time between shows. Yes, it really is. Wow. I guess though, it's kind of like riding a bike though. If you get back into it, you get right back into you got, it. You got to knock the rust off. Yeah, you got to knock the rust off, but uh, uh, she definitely has the chops to keep it going. There you go. Best performance by a leading actor in a musical, and here we go with the names again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's actually, I'll show this one shot. Um, Brooks uh, Ashmika? Ashmika? A Ashmanskis. Ashmanskis. Okay. The Prom. Derek Baskin from Ain't Too Proud. Alex Brightman from Beetlejuice, um, um, Damian Rando from Oklahoma, and Santino Fontana from Tootsie. And um, I, I, I'm just going to be honest, I'm a big Practical Jokers fan, and every time I hear Alec Brightman, I think of Alec, of um, him being on the show. And Q, oh, was he on the show at one point? Yeah, he, um, they did a Q punishment where they made him do a musical. And, uh, okay. and Alex Brightman right. came out, that was, and that was... he mispronounced his name. 
<laughs> so yeah. well, that's probably around the time that he was uh, he played Dewey in School of Rock exactly uh, on Broadway, um, yep. and now he's playing Beetlejuice, going from a Jack Black character to a Michael Keaton character. Um, yeah, this is a this is one where it as great as all of these guys are, um, it feels like a one horse race with Santino Fontana playing Michael slash uh, Dorothy and Tootsie. Um, I could see perhaps Brooks Asmanskis in his second Tony-nominated role um, for the prom potentially winning. But I think for the most part, uh, Santino has this one locked down. It is it's not completely dissimilar from Brian Cranston, a tour de force role, because he's always either on stage or changing clothes off stage to go back and forth between Michael and Dorothy. Um, so I, I, I think Santino has this one pretty much in the bag to win his first Tony Award. Fair enough. Um, move on to leading actress in the musical, Stephanie J. Block from The Share Show, Caitlin Cameron from The Prom, Beth Lemma from The Prom, uh, Eva... You, you got it. Go ahead. Okay. Eva <laughs> Nobu, um, Nostaya? Nostaya? No, no, Noble Zada. Noble, Zada. Yeah, noble, noble, and then it rhymes with nada, is oh, how sweet. I was told. Yeah. Noble Zada from Hadestown and Kelly O'Hara from Kiss Me Kate. Yeah, this is um, this is a, a situation with this category where everybody in this category obviously has given a great performance, but there isn't a breakout performance from here. Last year when we talked about the band's visit and Katrina Link winning for that show, it just seemed like, duh, like of course Katrina Link is going to win this category. This year there isn't that. Um, I think um, probably the favorite going into it is going to be Stephanie J. Block for The Share Show. What's interesting about The Share Show, which is it's based off of the life of Share, the performer, um, but because she's had such a long career, there's actually three women who play Share at different phases in her life. Uh, Michaela Diamond plays the character Babe, like from the I've Got You Babe era. Um and then there's um, uh, Teal Wicks, who plays Star, which she kind of breaks out from the Sunny and Cher thing and becomes a star on her own. And then um, Stephanie J. Block plays the older one, which is called Lady, which is when she kind of becomes her own kind of uh, force in the world in the Cher we know today. Um, Stephanie J. Block is one of those people, again, um, beloved in the theater community been a Tony nominee before. A lot of people thought she was going to win for falsettos a couple seasons ago, and she did not. Um, Rachel Bay Jones won for Dear Evan Hansen. Um, so she's probably the favorite, but Beth Level uh, for The Prom is also somebody who has uh, a lot of love in the community. This is like Stephanie J. Block, her third Tony nominations. The difference is Beth Level has a Tony Award from uh, 13 years ago, and um, uh, she played the title character in The Drowsy Chaperone. Um, so I think that Stephanie J. Block is probably going to walk away with her first Tony Award, which many, many people in the community will be very happy about. But if she doesn't, Beth Level probably is the one who would take it if uh, if Stephanie does not. Fair enough. I, I realized on my sheet here, I forgot to put revivals on, so I looked it up on my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah, the yeah. Best revival of a play, All My Sons, The Boys in the Band, Burn This, Torch Song, and The Waverly Gallery. Yeah, uh, this is what's interesting about this category is, is that Generally, when we talk about the Tony Awards, things that are closed don't have a very good shot. But in this case, most of the shows in this category are closed. And I think the one that is going to win probably um, 
it is closed. It This comes down to the Waverly Gallery, which we've talked about with Elaine May, and it comes down to All My Sons, which is currently running, has uh, a lot of big stars um, with uh, Annette Benning and Tracy Letts and Benjamin Walker. So it's probably a race between those two right now. The reviews for uh, for All My Sons were tremendous until you get to the New York Times, which is really the the review that matters the most um, in, in theater circles. And it was not a very good review, similar with Vulture, which is from New York Magazine, which is another very influential review. Um, they had the, the play or the um, the the critic from Vulture, uh, Sarah Holdren, had issues with it as well. So if I had to guess, I think it would come down to Waverly Gallery and All My Sons, and I would lean towards the Waverly Gallery. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And then um, the easiest category to <laughs> to read off, Best Revival or Musical, it's simple, Kiss Me Kate, Oklahoma. <laughs> um, yeah, th- there's only two. Uh, the last time there were only two nominees in this category. Oklahoma was also one of them, um, but they lost to the revival of Into the Woods. This was back in 2000, 99, 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. Um, I don't see losing this year. As much as I talked earlier about the fact that there were a lot of people that had problems with Oklahoma, um, it is undoubtedly a brilliantly directed and reconstructed version of that show. Kiss Me Kate is pretty much directed by Scott Ellis is pretty much the same thing as we've seen with every other production of kiss me Kate, very solid. It's very good, but it doesn't really break any new ground. So while I think that there might be people who strongly disagree with some of the choices that were made with this production of Oklahoma, um, I, I think that the, that the voters will recognize the artistic risks and the artistic vision that went into making those decisions and probably reward it with best revival. Um, I just looked it up. It was 2002 when Oklahoma lost in the woods, into the woods. Okay, close. Yeah. And Kiss Me Kate did win Revival in 2000. So there you go. Yep. That's it did. Interesting. Um, I just want to say something about the Revival category. The last couple of years, it's just been three, and this year is just two. I mean, is this just not a lot of Revivals coming out, or is this like... Yeah, there, there were only two musical revivals in the entire season. That's why there's only two here. Same thing last year. There was, um, I don't know if it was there only three last year or four. Uh, I don't remember. But yeah, there have not been as many revivals in the musical categories as there has been in the past recently. Um, already next year, I, I would imagine that there would be at least four based off some things we know. We already know that we're getting a, uh, a West Side Story revival next season. So I, I think there will be enough to make it more than just two next year. Fair enough. So let's get to the big two categories. We have Best Play. We have Choir Boy, The Ferryman, Gary, sequel to Titus Andronicus, Inc., and What the Constitution Means to Me. Yeah, uh, with all due respect to Choir Boy, Gary, and Inc., they're not winning. Um, the, <laughs> this is really going to be a battle between The Ferryman, which is, like I said earlier, this kind of traditional play that has a ton of characters, has a lot of depth, has some really poetic, beautiful language. It's written by Jez Butterworth who's been a a great uh, playwright and screenwriter. Um, but, like I said, a lot of people have a lot of good feelings about what the Constitution means to me, and because of its standing, it's, it's by a female playwright, it's about some very important issues, especially when it comes to women's place in the... Um, uh, in, in in the world and in the country. 
Um, but I, I just think that the difference between the theatricality of the ferryman and what the Constitution means to me, or what the Constitution means to me is brilliantly structured in its script, but it is just straightforward. It's it's direct address to the audience almost the entire time. I think the ferryman is going to win uh, because it is a more traditional play as we know it. So um, I, I'm going to predict that the ferryman wins best. Fair enough. But the upset could be what the Constitution means to me if it happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see Choir Boy, Gary, or Inc. winning. Um, I, I think it's it's very men and what the Constitution means to me. Fair enough. And in Best Musical, we have A2 Proud. We have Beetlejuice, Hades Town, The Prom, and Tootsie. And we discussed at the top of this. Hades Town has been your pick, I think, for a year. <laughs> at least. And then we have The Prom, which is kind of the upstart show that's been coming out of nowhere. So. Yeah, last last weekend, The Prom won Best Musical at the Drama Desk. Now, this is one of those situations that I mentioned earlier where Hadestown was not eligible because the Drama Desks are awards that consider both Broadway and Off-Broadway, and it had already been eligible Off-Broadway. It actually lost to the band's visit um, that wow, year when it was Off-Broadway. So, so The Prom definitely has some momentum because of that. What's interesting is, is that Tootsie actually won best book best lyrics best music best actor at the drama desks but lost best musical which was really interesting um so i, I don't know i i think that hades town is going to win I, I don't think it's going to be particularly close um beetlejuice and ain't too proud aren't really in the discussion um Although Ain't Too Proud is probably more in the discussion than Beetlejuice is. But if I had to guess, I actually think it's probably Hades Town or Tootsie. They're very different shows. Um, Tootsie is a little more polished than Hades or than uh, than The Prom in its writing. But The Prom and Tootsie are very similar in terms of the style of show. They're very classic Broadway musical comedies where Hades Town really fits more in line with what we've seen winning in recent years, this artistically ambitious, smaller show, not always small, but over the last decade with shows like Once and Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, um, Fun Home, uh, Dear Evan Hansen, The Band's Visit, even Hamilton, which was not small necessarily, but it was artistically ambitious. Those are the type of shows that have won Tony Awards over the past decade, and that very much is Hades Town compared to these other four shows uh, in the category. So uh, I, I I would imagine that Hades Town has a very strong likelihood of winning um, based off of its quality and the trends that we've seen over the past decade from Tony voters. I know I've been listening to today on Broadway all week and I know with the prom, the argument has been, will the voters vote for a show about them? Oh, they love, yeah, they, they love shows about them. Well, the thing is, the prom is lovely. It's a wonderful show. I spent the last 15 minutes of this show just in tears streaming down my face. One, because it's hysterical, but but also it's an, it's an incredibly moving show. Um, and it subverts a lot of expectations. Really the, the, the butt of a lot of the jokes are the Broadway stars in this show that go to a town in Indiana to kind of get some some activism cred uh, to go fight for this uh, young high school uh, girl who was not allowed to bring her girlfriend to the prom. And 
you go into that and think, you know, these East Coast liberal elites are going to make fun of of the religious people in Indiana. And actually, most of the jokes are about themselves. The jokes are about kind of how pompous and arrogant and out of touch the people from Broadway are. Um, so it really works. It balances well, but it's a really sweet story. And, and I would I, I would have no problem in any other year it winning. Um, but Town to me is just a step above what we've seen a lot in the last three or four years. And uh, I would be very disappointed if, if Town didn't win. Fair enough. And of course, it's just Sunday, and uh, I'm just going to be honest here. Uh, much like this happened a couple of years ago, I will more than likely be watching Game Six in the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, yeah. <laughs> it happens. That's why we've got DVR. I know it's, it's the problem. I really want the Blues to win the Cup, and I'm watching the Stanley Cup Finals for that. So <laughs> that's happening. So yeah, where can people find you, Matt? Go ahead. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt and uh, Blake. You've been so nice to mention uh, Broadway radio is today on Broadway. You can subscribe to that. We do a daily Monday through Friday theater news show. Um, and again, it's at the Broadway radio podcast feed. Yeah, I, I definitely am a regular listener. So I'm listening every day. It's where I get my Broadway fix. So <laughs> I appreciate that. No problem. Um, and I will actually throw it to myself to wrap up the show. Alright gang, that's it for this week's show. For more information on our show, including where you can hear our show, go to thebiggesthouse.com, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and leave a comment or a rating and review, and we will read it on the show. Next week, we're taking a week off. It's been so busy, June is extremely busy for all of us. But instead of taking a week off from the show, we're going to play the audio from Fury Road, MLW Fury Road, and from Crusher Fest. So we'll do back-to-back. All those audio up here next week. So let's sit back and enjoy that. All that being said, on behalf of Matt Tamanetti from Broadway World, I'm Blake, and the gang will be back soon. You've been listening to The Blake and South Show. Have a good day, everybody. Banquet table to lay Have no bed of feathers promises I made can't promise you fair sky above can't promise you kind road below but I'll walk with you my love any way the wind blows I don't need gold don't need silver just bread when I'm hungry fire when I'm cold don't need a ring for my finger just need a steady hand to hold Don't promise me fair sky above Don't promise me kind road below Just walk with me, my love Anyway, the wind blows I don't know where this road will end But I'll walk with you into the wind I can't promise you fair sky above you kind road below but I'll walk with you my love anyway the wind blows do you let me walk with you I do I do I do and keep on walking come what will I will I will we will Thank you so very much. 
Goodbye, and good night. Bye.